Hello and welcome to Fransic Radelet's FMLA Insights Podcast. I'm Jeff Novak, an attorney at Fransic Radelet. I've come across lately all too many occasions where employers have told me that they count an employee's absence as FMLA leave only in situations where the length of the absence is more than three days in duration. And I find that they often give three reasons why they don't count these shorter absences against an employee's FMLA leave allotment. To a few, they don't understand that the FMLA may come into play when an employee is absent for a much shorter period of time. However, the the following two are far more common. They tell me, for instance, that when an employee calls in to report an absence, they're not sure whether the reason given triggers the FMLA. So it's apparent that they're not asking the kinds of questions that they should be to make a call about whether the FMLA applies in that particular situation. Another reason, and perhaps the most common, is that employers claim that it's too difficult to track intermittent FMLA leave, and the burden of certifying that kind of leave is not worth the work. To those of us more experienced in administering leave under the Family and Medical Leave Act, we understand that if otherwise eligible, an employee may take FMLA leave under certain circumstances for any length of time, up to a maximum of 12 weeks. However, we thought this would be a good opportunity to provide practical guidance on some best practices you can implement so that you're properly administering all leave requests, particularly those with respect to intermittent FMLA leave requests, and that you're taking the steps necessary to curb uh, potential FMLA abuse. As we know, FMLA may be used not only in a block of time, but can be used on an intermittent basis for other reasons, such as a chronic health condition or obtain uh, treatment for a long-term medical condition, such as cancer or a heart condition. Being able to administer FMLA leave efficiently and effectively is is critical because this form of FMLA, uh, intermittent leave, clearly creates the biggest headache for employers. And as I mentioned earlier, it's no wonder why employers have gotten into the habit of simply ignoring a half-day absence due, a, due to a chronic bad back or an employee's migraine headache. It's a headache itself to follow up with these employees to determine whether the FMLA applies. But absences of short duration present the biggest burden for employers. Employers are not able to plan for those kinds of absences, and it, and it really disrupts the workforce. So it's, it's important to identify intermittent leave at the earliest moment because a failure to do so creates several problems. It gives employees, as a, as a practical matter, it gives employees more leave than they're entitled to under your personnel policies. It may affect your ability to question that employee's medical condition in the future. If you're allowing an employee short absences here and there, a half day here, a day there, and you're not counting that against uh, their leave entitlement, when you want to question it down the line, you certainly have um, problems from a 
performance management standpoint, but you also might have a problem under the FMLA actually questioning uh, the need for leave on that basis because you've given the employee leave on so many uh, previous occasions for the same condition. But not staying on top of intermittent leave uh, creates morale issues. Hardworking employees don't want to pick up the slack, and rightfully so for employees who are abusing leave time, uh, and particularly FMLA leave time. So uh, a couple practical pointers to offer to ensure that you are identifying potential FMLA leave from the beginning and that you're counting all uh, periods of time taken for FMLA leave as actual FMLA leave. So what should employers do at the outset to determine whether FMLA applies in any given situation? You need to seek as much information as you can, and the new regulations give employers an excellent opportunity to obtain information up front from the employee about the reason for their absence, the uh, duration that they expect that absence to be, um, and several other uh, pieces of information that employers are able to obtain so that they can fully determine whether FMLA applies in that particular situation. We recommend to our clients that they put together a, a questionnaire that um, whoever is, is answering the phone um, can use to ensure uh, they have all the information they need, about, they need about the employee's absence. For instance, you obviously want to know the reason for the employee's absence, their expected return to work. Um, if, if we're dealing with their, the employee's own absence, you want to ask them if they've been seeing a doctor for this injury or illness. Um, and, and obviously ask them if they've taken leave previously for this reason. Those questions alone will elicit plenty of information to get you started as to whether the FMLA may apply in this particular circumstance. You may also want to ask when the employee first learned of uh, the need for leave. Um, when did they first uh, identify for themselves when they would need to be absent on this occasion? Was there some reason that they couldn't provide notice sooner? These are the kinds of questions that you want to be asking your employees to, to fully identify whether FMLA applies. You also want to make sure you're training your supervisors so they understand their obligations, their responsibilities when an employee approaches them and asks them uh, to take leave early from their shift or if they're calling in to report an absence, that your supervisors know exactly how they are to approach a situation. Also consider using a, a leave of absence form. Using a, a standard leave of absence form that all employees complete for any leave request whether it's vacation, um, personal time, professional leave, whatever it might be, also for um, leave due to a serious health condition, to, due to a medical condition, that kind of form will go far in helping you determine, again, whether the FMLA applies. Also, as to your FMLA policy, as you're updating the policy, make sure that you're including uh, provisions that clearly outline your expectations with respect to intermittent leave. Outline for employees the information that they are expected to provide when they call in uh, sick or, or they're, they're requesting an absence. 
Also provide clear attendance and call-in policies for your employees, again, so that they know what your expectations are. Also, use the tools of medical certification and recertification to your advantage. These are perhaps the best tools available to you under the new regulations to help you make well-informed decisions about whether the FMLA applies and to help uh, combat FMLA abuse. Whenever you receive a request for leave under the FMLA or where you think FMLA applies, be sure to look at what you have on file for that employee. Has the employee taken leave for that reason in the past? Do you need to update your your certification? Do you need to seek recertification? Or if this is the first instance, make make sure that you're seeking certification, getting the the proper documentation that you need, and following up with that employee to make sure that to the extent that they've not provided you that form or it's incomplete in some fashion, that you are obtaining the information that you need. Thanks for joining us today for our FMLA Insights podcast. If you have any questions about the FMLA or suggestions for future FMLA podcast topics, please email us at fmla at franzic.com. This podcast is a free production of Franzic Radlett. Franzic Radlett's podcast and website are intended for general informational purposes only and are not legal advice. While we encourage your feedback, please do not send us any confidential information unless you are a client of our firm as your communications with us may not be privileged.